Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life. Hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, The Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. All right, we are so grateful for you being with us. Thank you, Kevin Bell, for getting us on the program, and thank you to our board operator, Brian. We are going to pick up a brand new book of the Bible tonight. We just spent several days now in the New Testament book of Hebrews, so we move back to the Old Testament, back to the Hebrew Scriptures. We're going to pick up with the prophetic writings of Ezekiel and Daniel. After the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 586 B.C., we ended the book of Jeremiah and, of course, the book of Lamentations talking about the destruction of the temple. So these are prophets and teachers who preached and taught during the time of the exile. Ezekiel preaches and teaches over in Babylon while Jeremiah is back over in Judah. As we pick up in the book of Ezekiel tonight, it's going to be before the destruction of the temple. Ezekiel has been taken into exile in 597 the second time that Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem. He's a very interesting individual. I'll tell you a little bit more about him as we approach that reading. But right now, let's go to the Psalm 119, the longest psalm and the longest chapter. Let's listen now to The Bible Life. Psalm 119, 65 through 80. You have done many good things for me, Lord, just as you promised. I believe in your commands. Now teach me good judgment and knowledge. I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your principles. Arrogant people have made up lies about me, but in truth I obey your commandments with all my heart. Their hearts are dull and stupid, but I delight in your law. The suffering you sent was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your principles. Your law is more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. You made me. You created me. Now give me the sense to follow your commands. 
May all who fear you find in me a cause for joy, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your decisions are fair. You disciplined me because I needed it. Now let your unfailing love comfort me, just as you promised me your servant. Surround me with your tender mercies so I may live, for your law is my delight. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. Let me be reconciled with all who fear you and know your decrees. May I be blameless in keeping your principles. Then I will never have to be ashamed. End of reading, Psalm 119, 65 through 80. This is The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right. A little artistic intro for our program tonight because we are talking about, indeed, an artist. We're going to be reading now from the book of Ezekiel, and Ezekiel was a street preacher. The man who does some very dramatic things during his ministry, born and raised in Judah. He was preparing to become a priest in the temple there in Jerusalem when the Babylonians attacked. It was their second invasion of Judah in 597 B.C. The first was in 605. They carried Ezekiel away, possibly members of his family as well, along with about 10,000 other captives. You can read all about that particular invasion in Second Kings chapter 24, starting somewhere around verse 10. The nation itself, Judah, was on the brink of complete destruction, tremendous chaos, wickedness, and sinfulness, anarchy in the country itself. As you know, we've just finished reading the book of Jeremiah, and as Jeremiah is trying to preach to the people there to try to encourage them and say, you must take the judgment of God, accept it, that it would be a long 70-year judgment, they would not accept that message. Well, at the same time, over in Babylon, Ezekiel is teaching the exiles that same message. Five years after the invasion, when Ezekiel was 30 years old, that's the normal age for becoming a priest, if you remember from the book of Leviticus, God called him in that time to be a prophet preaching to the exiles. And during the first six years, when Ezekiel ministered there in the land of Babylon, Jeremiah was preaching to the Jews still in Judah, while Daniel was serving in Nebuchadnezzar's court. The exiles settled near the Kabar River, connected to the Euphrates in Babylonia. It was the location of this Jewish settlement of exiles. There, Ezekiel begins his ministry. Now, as I said, he's very artistic. He's a street preacher for 22 years. He lays on his side for 390 days, during which he could eat only one eight-ounce meal a day cooked over a manure. He shaved his head and his beard. He was required to show no sorrow when his wife died. There were some very interesting things that he was called on to do as he proclaimed God's word. God may not ask you to do anything so dramatic or strange or difficult, but if he did, would you do it? The book of Ezekiel records a man of faith. He showed his faith by obeying the Lord. The book of Ezekiel there in the land of Babylon on the Bible Life. Ezekiel 1, 1 through 5, 17. 
Ezekiel 1. On July 31 of my 30th year, while I was with the Judean exiles beside the Kabar River in Babylon, the heavens were opened to me, and I saw visions of God. This happened during the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. The Lord gave a message to me, Ezekiel, son of Buzi, a priest, there beside the Kabar River in the land of the Babylonians. And I felt the hand of the Lord take hold of me. As I looked, I saw a great storm coming toward me from the north, driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. The fire inside the cloud glowed like gleaming amber. From the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human, except that each had four faces and two pairs of wings. Their legs were straight like human legs, but their feet were split like calves' feet and shone like burnished bronze. Beneath each of their wings I could see human hands. The wings of each living being touched the wings of the two beings beside it. The living beings were able to fly in any direction without turning around. Each had a human face in the front, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle at the back. Each had two pairs of outstretched wings. One pair stretched out to touch the wings of the living beings on either side of it, and the other pair covered its body. They went in whatever direction the spirit chose, and they moved straight forward in all directions without having to turn around. The living beings looked like bright coals of fire or brilliant torches, and it looked as though lightning was flashing back and forth among them. And the living beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning. As I looked at these beings, I saw four wheels on the ground beneath them, one wheel belonging to each. The wheels sparkled as if made of chrysolite. All four wheels looked the same. Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. The beings could move forward in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. The rims of the four wheels were awesomely tall, and they were covered with eyes all around the edges. When the four living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. When they flew upward, the wheels went up too. The spirit of the four living beings was in the wheels. So wherever the spirit went, the wheels and the living beings went too. When the living beings moved, the wheels moved. When the living beings stopped, the wheels stopped. When the living beings flew into the air, the wheels rose up, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. There was a surface spread out above them like the sky. It sparkled like crystal. Beneath this surface, the wings of each living being stretched out to touch the other's wings, and each had two wings covering its body. As they flew, their wings roared like waves crashing against the shore, or like the voice of the Almighty, or like the shouting of a mighty army. When they stopped, they let down their wings. As they stood with their wings lowered, a voice spoke from beyond the crystal surface above them. Above the surface over their heads was what looked like a throne made of blue sapphire, and high above this throne was a figure whose appearance was like that of a man. From his waist up he looked like a gleaming amber, flickering like a fire. And from his waist down he looked like a burning flame shining with splendor. All around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow shining through the clouds. This was the way the glory of the Lord appeared to me. When I saw it, I fell face down in the dust, and I heard someone's voice speaking to me. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 2 Stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. 
The Spirit came into me as he spoke and set me on my feet. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I am sending you to the nation of Israel, a nation that is rebelling against me. Their ancestors have rebelled against me from the beginning, and they are still in revolt to this very day. They are a hard-hearted and stubborn people. But I am sending you to say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or not, for remember they are rebels, at least they will know they have a prophet among them. Son of man, do not fear them. Don't be afraid, even though their threats are sharp as thorns and barbed like briars, and they sting like scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowls. For remember, they are rebels. You must give them my messages whether they listen or not. But they won't listen, for they are completely rebellious. Son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not join them in being a rebel. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Then I looked and saw a hand reaching out to me, and it held a scroll. He unrolled it, and I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs other words of sorrow and pronouncements of doom. Ezekiel 3. The voice said to me, Son of man, eat what I am giving you. Eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me the scroll. Eat it all, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey. Then he said, Son of man, go to the people of Israel with my messages. I am not sending you to some foreign people whose language you cannot understand. No, I am not sending you to people with strange and difficult speech. If I did, they would listen. I am sending you to the people of Israel, but they won't listen to you any more than they listen to me. For the whole lot of them are hard-hearted and stubborn. But look, I have made you as hard and stubborn as they are. I have made you as hard as rock. So don't be afraid of them or fear their angry looks, even though they are such rebels. Then he added, Son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself. Then go to your people in exile and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Do this whether they listen to you or not. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard a loud rumbling sound behind me. May the glory of the Lord be praised in his place. It was the sound of the wings of the living beings as they brushed against each other, and the rumbling of their wheels beneath them. The Spirit lifted me up and took me away. I went in bitterness and turmoil, but the Lord's hold on me was strong. Then I came to the colony of Judean exiles in Tel Abib, beside the Kabar River. I sat there among them for seven days, overwhelmed. At the end of the seven days, the Lord gave me a message. He said, Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Whenever you receive a message from me, pass it on to the people immediately. If I warn the wicked, saying you are under the penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible, demanding your blood for theirs. If you warn them and they keep on sinning and refuse to repent, they will die in their sins. But you will have saved your life because you did what you were told to do. If good people turn bad and don't listen to my warning, they will die. If you did not warn them of the consequences, then they will die in their sins. Their previous good deeds won't help them, and I will hold you responsible, demanding your blood for theirs. But if you warn them and they repent, they will live, 
and you will have saved your own life too. Then the Lord took hold of me, and he said to me, Go out into the valley, and I will talk to you there. So I got up and went, and there I saw the glory of the Lord, just as I had seen it in my first vision by the Kabar River, and I fell face down in the dust. Then the Spirit came into me and set me on my feet. He talked to me and said, Go shut yourself up in your house. There you will be bound with ropes, so you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth, so you won't be able to pray for them, for they are rebellious. But whenever I give you a message, I will loosen your tongue and let you speak. Then you will say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Some of them will listen, but some will ignore you, for they are rebels. This is the Bible, lie with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 4 And now, son of man, take a large brick and set it down in front of you. Then draw a map of the city of Jerusalem on it. Build siege ramps against the city walls. Surround it with enemy camps and battering rams. Then take an iron griddle and place it between you and the city. Turn toward it and demonstrate how the enemy will attack Jerusalem. This will be a warning to the people of Israel. Now lie on your left side and place the sins of Israel on yourself. You are to bear their sins for the number of days you lie there on your side. You will bear Israel's sins for 390 days, one day for each year of their sin. After that, turn over and lie on your right side for 40 days, one day for each year of Judah's sin. Meanwhile, continue your demonstration of the siege of Jerusalem. Lie there with your arm bared and prophesy her destruction. I will tie you up with ropes so you won't be able to turn from side to side until the days of your siege have been completed. Now go and get some wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and spelt, and mix them together in a storage jar. Use this food to make bread for yourself during the 390 days you will be lying on your side. Ration this out to yourself, eight ounces of food for each day, and eat it at set times. Then measure out a jar of water for each day, and drink it at set times. Each day prepare your bread as you would barley cakes. While all the people are watching, bake it over a fire using dried human dung as fuel, and then eat the bread. For this is what the Lord says, Israel will eat defiled bread in the Gentile lands where I will banish them. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, must I be defiled by using human dung? For I have never been defiled before. From the time I was a child until now, I have never eaten any animal that died of sickness or that I found dead. And I have never eaten any of the animals that our laws forbid. All right, the Lord said, you may bake your bread with cow dung instead of human dung. Then he told me, son of man, I will cause food to be very scarce in Jerusalem. It will be weighed out with great care and eaten fearfully. The water will be portioned out drop by drop, and the people will drink it with dismay. Food and water will be so scarce that the people will look at one another in terror and they will waste away under their punishment. This is the Bible lie with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 5 Son of man, take a sharp sword and use it as a razor to shave your head and beard. Use a scale to weigh the hair into three equal parts. Place a third of it at the center of your map of Jerusalem. After acting out the siege, burn it there. Scatter another third across your map and slash at it with a sword. Scatter the last third to the wind, for I will scatter my people with the sword. 
Keep just a bit of the hair and tie it up in your robe. Then take a few of these hairs out and throw them into the fire, burning them up. A fire will then spread from this remnant and destroy all of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. This is an illustration of what will happen to Jerusalem. I placed her at the center of the nations, but she has rebelled against my regulations and has been even more wicked than the surrounding nations. She has refused to obey the laws I gave her to follow. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Since you have refused to obey my laws and regulations and have behaved even worse than your neighbors, I myself, the Sovereign Lord, am now your enemy. I will punish you publicly while all the nations watch. Because of your detestable idols, I will punish you more severely than I have punished anyone before or ever will again. Parents will eat their own children, and children will eat their parents. And I will punish you by scattering the few who survive to the far reaches of the earth. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will cut you off completely. I will show you no pity at all because you have defiled my temple with idols and vile practices. A third of your people will die in the city from famine and disease. A third of them will be slaughtered by the enemy outside the city walls. And I will scatter a third to the winds and chase them with my sword. Then, at last, my anger will be spent and I will be satisfied. And when my fury against them has subsided, all Israel will know that I, the Lord, have spoken to them in my jealous anger. So I will turn you into a ruin, a mockery in the eyes of the surrounding nations and to everyone who travels by. You will become an object of mockery and taunting and horror. You will be a warning to all the nations around you. They will see what happens when the Lord turns against a nation in furious rebuke. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will shower you with the deadly arrows of famine to destroy you. The famine will become more and more severe until every crumb of food is gone. And along with the famine, wild animals will attack you, robbing you of your children. Disease and war will stalk your land, and I will bring the sword of the enemy against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. End of reading Ezekiel 1-1 through 5-17 Help me see Everything I am is not all about me. Take my word, turn it around. Great song there, Make Me Aware. One of the great challenges of walking with God is to remain continually aware of God, aware of who we are, whose we are, and aware of the fact that God is at work in this world, that he is sovereign God, and that he is the one that controls everything that happens. We are so earthbound. Because we live in these physical bodies and we live in this physical world, we get so tied to it and we begin to focus all of our life and all of our attention on things that are happening here. And we forget that God is there. God has a plan that God rules in these matters. Well, all of that is part of the message now of Ezekiel. We are going through a time of judgment here in our country. God is judging this land. I don't think there's any doubt. It's very clear that God is disciplining and judging America. There is a choice that we must make whether we will obey God, whether we will respond to his message as a nation, as a people group. And, of course, each one of us has to make that choice ourselves. 
we must turn away from our sin and our wickedness toward the Lord. This was more complicated in some ways in the time of Ezekiel because Ezekiel and the people are now out of Judah. They are a thousand miles away from Jerusalem and the temple. This first vision takes place in 593, just four years after Ezekiel had been taken into exile. We're very easily able to date these books because Ezekiel gives very clear dates. He's taken captive in 597, and he always dates his messages from the year that he was taken captive. And so that helps us a lot. His book opens with this vision from 593, four years after his taken in exile, and of course, the year of his 30th birthday. We're told all of that at the beginning. Ezekiel has these apocalyptic visions that have symbolism and events in them that in a dramatic way, in a pictorial way, conveys an idea, a clear idea. God uses that same mechanism to communicate to Daniel. Visions that he sees that communicate vividly. John is another. John is influenced by the scriptures. God uses this same vision of these four creatures, the lion, the ox, the eagle, and the human Those appear to John as well in the book of Revelation. Even some of the early church fathers saw this vision as speaking of the Messiah. Matthew spoke of Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, his kingship. Mark emphasized the servant aspect, the ox as a symbol of servanthood. Luke preaching about Jesus, the perfect man. Dr. Luke emphasized the humanity of Jesus. And then finally, John emphasizing the deity uh, might be symbolized by the eagle as well. Ezekiel has this vision of the glory, the majesty, the holiness of God. He falls face down before the Lord. And you might notice the wheel within the wheel vision. Remember, these people are a long way away from Judah. All of their life, they have been mentalized to serve and worship God based on the presence of the temple and the promised land. It was tied to that region, to that actual physical place. Now God is giving a powerful picture of his omnipresence, that God is everywhere present at all times, and they can obey him and experience his presence and his provision for their lives, even a thousand miles away from Judah, a thousand miles away from the temple. Ezekiel is beginning to speak to the people now to remind them why they were taken into exile because of their sin to dispel any hope of a short exile. He lets them know it's going to be a long time, just like Jeremiah did. Bring hope for God's restoration to them as a people and call them to a renewed faith in God. Call them to a spiritual awakening, just as Jeremiah was preaching over in Judah. Ezekiel is now preaching to the exiles over in Babylon. It's so tempting to (laughs) try to go through these five chapters of Ezekiel and explain each vision and each time. I, I... It's just absolutely remarkable what Ezekiel does. Remember, this is before the siege of Jerusalem, a thousand miles away. He gives this very detailed pictorial demonstration of what was going to happen to Jerusalem, predicting that long before it happened that there would be a siege laid, that people would starve to death. He gives the three ways that the nation is going to be judged. Just very, very powerful. But the interesting thing is to have ears to hear is the willingness to hear God and obey him as our psalm said teach me Lord show me your truth and give me ears to obey you the Bible live with Soapy Dollar Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers the Bible live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America and your financial support is needed please mail your tax deductible gift to the Bible live Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. 
You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 